If you take your Bibles this morning and turn to Isaiah chapter 9, Isaiah chapter 9 this morning, as we look at the hope of Jesus Christ, the hope of Jesus Christ. Isaiah chapter 9, and we're going to read uh, two verses to start this morning, but we'll look at more throughout the message as we consider this uh, prophecy found in Isaiah about the coming Messiah. Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 to 7. The Bible says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. So it's hard to believe that we are approaching the Christmas season once again and uh, we know it's been a difficult year on many different levels and it's been a, a long year in certain ways. So we do look forward to the uh, this time of year, and I know things uh, typically slow down if you, you need things to slow down, but uh, time to uh, spend with family, but mostly to reflect upon the coming of the Lord. And we're so thankful for that. We're thankful that uh, even in this world that we live in, um, there's still, uh, we see the message of Christ and we see people more likely to proclaim uh, the hope of Jesus Christ. And it's always a great time of year to share the gospel with uh, friends and families as well. So this morning, I want to examine uh, this hope of Jesus Christ that we find here in Isaiah. So first of all, this morning, I want you to notice his hope seen. His hope seen. You know, many people in the world, they're searching for hope today. They feel lost. They, they feel like there's nowhere to turn, and they're looking for hope but they look for it in the wrong places. It's not hard to, to hear about stories of people where they feel hopeless and they're looking for hope. I had read a story of four men who were lost at sea. They, they went on a, a fishing trip and their plane ended up crash landing in the sea on their way to Mexico. And the, these men, uh, they were in the, the, the water and uh, nighttime came and the there was a storm, and they were out at sea holding on to a cooler to try to survive. But there was much fear. You know, there was no hope around them. There was darkness. They knew the waters that they were in. There was uh, many uh, predatory uh, fish and uh, creatures in the water, and they were, they were scared about that. There was fear there. There was fear from the weather, and the lightning was crashing around them. They were saying they were concerned with how close the lightning can get before it would kill them. There was fear from the weather. There was fear from exhaustion because they had to stay afloat, but they were so tired from treading the water and trying to, to, to keep themselves awake from not trying to fall asleep to uh, fall into the, the, the water. They were looking for hope. And it got to a point where they realized, look, if we're going to stay here, we're, we're going to die. So one of them actually ended up swimming to try to find land. And it gave them hope. They didn't know if he was going to make it, but they had the hope of their friend swimming to try to find help. And he went on swimming, and they were back, stayed there struggling, trying to stay survive. And this man, he went uh, swimming, and it took him hours, and he was exhausted. And he finally got to land, and after trying to communicate with uh, the locals there because he didn't speak uh, Spanish, they eventually got him help in the morning. And they went to a police station. They understood what was happening, and they were able to go out and scout. But in the meanwhile, 
morning came. And you know what? That morning it brought light. It gave those three men who stayed back, it gave them hope. You know, it brought them warmth from the sun. It, 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 enabled, it enabled them to hold on a bit longer. It gave them hope to swim. They, they came to the realization too, well, maybe our friend didn't make it and they had the hope to start swimming themselves. And it gave them hope because they knew that if someone came, the rescuers, the helicopter, the scout to come and see them, they were able to find them. And you know what? They eventually were saved and they all four of them survived. But they found hope and they were saved. And you know what? Even us today, we, we face times where we feel like there's no hope. You know, we've all been there. Where we've, we've had long nights. You know, we've gotten our eyes off the Lord and we're focused on uh, things that we're struggling with in our life and issues. We get our mind off the Lord and we feel hopeless. But you know what? Finally, it just seems like the nighttime brings different feelings, things like that. But the morning comes and we, and we maybe we get our eyes back in the Lord and we find that peace. Psalm 30 verse 5, it says, For his anger endureth but a moment, and his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. You know, there's something about the morning coming and the hope that it brings. I think of the story of the crucifixion and the resurrection where um, we see Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and they go to uh, the tomb to, to dress the body of Jesus. And it says in the morning, the first day of the week, they came unto the sepulchre at the rising of the sun. And they found the empty tomb and they, they saw the angel and he says, he is risen, he is not here. Behold the place where they laid them. You know, what hope that gave them at that, that moment. People are looking for hope. And here in Isaiah, Isaiah is writing this uh, portion of Scripture in the pers- perspective of the divisions that are going on in the land. And he was thinking of the Assyrians invading and the fighting and the battlings that were going on. And the prophet here, he's speaking of the anguish that is happening, the gloom that is around them. But then he comes to this point where he, he has this glorious vision of hope. And he starts speaking about uh, the Messiah. And just like that morning coming, there's that hope that he finds in, in seeing the coming of the Messiah. Isaiah 9 verse 2, back at the beginning of the chapter, it says, The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shined. You know, he's prophesying here and he's saying, look, the light is coming. And at this time of year, we celebrate the birth of Christ and we have the hope of Jesus. And you know what? Today, more than ever, people are searching and they're looking for any glimpse of hope in their life. They're searching, but they can't find it. And they're looking in every area that they can. And you know what? There's something about hope and peace it can't be found in what the world is trying to offer. You know, it's not found in, in programs and policy changes. It's not found in political movements or protests. It's not found in religious works or charity work. Hope is found in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And you know what? If you're listening today, listen, there is hope for you in Jesus Christ. And this is what Isaiah is seeing. He sees that hope of Jesus Christ, and he begins to he continues on and begins to describe to us the hope of the Messiah. So we so uh, we see his hope, but we also see, number two, his humble birth. His humble birth. 
In verse number six, it says, for unto us a child is born. But just notice those first three words. It says, for unto us. Who's that speaking about? Unto us. You know, this child was born, this Messiah was born to benefit us as mankind. It was to benefit us as sinners. It was to benefit us all believers from the beginning to the end of the world. For unto us was born a child, or a, a child is born unto us. It was for our benefit that we see this Messiah come. It says, a child is born. For unto us, a child is born. So here in this passage, we see two different phrases. A child is born, and then we see a son is given. And it may seem like it's repeating itself, but there's two different thoughts. So first of all, I want you to notice a child is born. And this this uh, phrase here, it is speaking of the humanity of Christ. The humanity of Christ. In Isaiah 7.14, if you were to turn back there, the Bible says, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. We see the humanity of the Lord here. We see that he's going to be born of a virgin. She's going to bear a son, and they're going to call his name Emmanuel which means God with us, as we see in uh, Matthew. Actually, Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, it says, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done, that it might, fulfill, might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, which we read in Isaiah, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is being which being interpreted is God with us. So we see the humanity of Jesus Christ. He was to be born of a virgin. He was to be born of Mary. He was going to come in the flesh. Philippians 2, verse 5 to 8, it says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Notice verse number 6, it says, Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. So we see here that Jesus Christ, who is God, he came to this earth robed in flesh. He came to this earth as man to die on the cross to pay the price for our sins. He was human he had humanity. He was tempted like we were tempted. He got tired like we get tired. He got hungry like we get hungry. And this is important. People try to deny his humanity. But it's important, this humanity, in that his sinless life that he lived here and his death on the cross, his shed blood is the atonement for our sins. So we see that he came and he, we see his humanity, but we also see uh, the, the deity of Christ as well, in the phrase, a son is given. So like I said, we see these two phrases, a child is born and the son is given. But there's two different ideas here. So a son is given, we see here the, the deity of Christ. And once again, we see that phrase, unto us, a son is given. For our benefit, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. For us, he came as the son of God, the deity we see his deity. 
this idea a son is given, we see that this wasn't his beginning. He was already a son. This wasn't his beginning. He pre-existed. Genesis 1.26 says, And God said, Let us make man in our image. Who is the us? It's speaking of God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We see the Trinity expressed there at the very beginning in Genesis. In John 1, we see it again. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So we see this speaking of Jesus Christ. He was in the beginning, and he was with God, and he was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Verse number 14 in John 1, it says, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So we see that he is God. He was from the beginning. John 10, verse 30 says, I and my Father are one. You know, Jesus Christ is God come in human flesh. And he's yet without sin. And he's not, you know, as many people like to say, he he was a good man. He was a, a great teacher. You know, other religions claim to believe in Jesus, but they deny his deity. But Jesus Christ is the very Son of God, come in the flesh. You know, at Christmas time, we speak of gifts, and we read John 3.16, where we see that God gave his only Son unto us. You know, the first Christmas gift was God himself, and it was deity wrapped in humanity, and that's an amazing thing, to think that God came to us, Emmanuel, God with us. So we see his humanity, and we see his deity as well. And then, as we continue on here in uh, verse number 6, I want you to notice as we shift from um, his humble birth, I want you to notice lastly his glorious reign. His glorious reign. Verse number 6, as we continue on, it says, And the government shall be upon his shoulder. The government shall be upon his shoulder. You know, Jesus Christ, he came as a baby, but he's also coming to reign. You know, the first time he came, he came to redeem us. And we spoke about that, and we've made several references here to verses that we see that he was made flesh to die and pay the price for our sins. So the first time he came, he came to redeem us. But the second time he's coming, it's to rule and to reign over us. And and his second coming is just as certain as his first coming. As we're reading these prophecies here, it's just as certain. You know, he came the first time according to prophecy, and he's coming the second time according to prophecy as well. But listen, when he comes the second time, he's not going to be coming as a little baby, but he's coming as a mighty king, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. He's going to reign, and it's going to be an amazing thing. You know, Everyone loves baby. I've never met someone who doesn't like babies. You know, people make all the fuss when there's a new baby around and they want to see them, they want to cuddle the baby, they want to give them a little squish. And you know that's, that, that's a, a real thing? That It's called cute aggression where you see something so cute you just want to give it a little squish or pinch his cheek or give it a little bite. But there's no, there's no actual desire to hurt the baby or the puppy or whatever cute thing it is. There's just this reaction 
where you don't want to harm them, but you just can't help yourself. And everyone has that reaction to the baby. You know, everyone laughs because with uh, Simon or with uh, my nieces and nephews when they're all babies, I just want, I wanted to give them that squish because you just couldn't, you're so overwhelmed by that. And you know what? Jesus came here as a baby, but he was God in the flesh. He came down in the form of man, but he is God. And we see the response to the people that were there. The angels came and worshipped him. The shepherds came and worshipped him. We see the, the, uh, the wise men who came. In Matthew 2, verses, verse 11, it says, uh, speaking of the wise men, and when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. They worshipped him. They brought him these gifts, but they worshipped him because he was God in the flesh. He was the king of kings, and he deserves for us to bow the knee to him and to praise him and to honor him. They bowed down and worshipped him. Philippians 2, verse 10, it says, And that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Listen, those who knew Jesus Christ, even as a baby, they realized who he was. But there were some who didn't accept him. He wasn't welcome. But the Bible tells us that one day when Christ returns again, all knees will bow down before him. Everyone is going to speak the name of Jesus and worship him. But I hope today that you will bend the knee before he returns, making him the king of your life to reign over you. Everyone is going to bow before him. The government shall be upon his shoulder. He is the king of kings. Then Isaiah goes on to describe him with different names. And I just want to go through these quickly and and to to see what these names have uh, to say about this Messiah. It says, and he shall be called wonderful, first of all. That means to be full of wonder or, or wonders or miraculous. And, you know, there's so much wonder in the birth of Jesus Christ, so much wonder in the person of Jesus Christ. You know, just alone the virgin birth, you know, even Mary was asking, how shall these things be, seeing I know not a man? You know, his birth was a miraculous birth. There was great wonder in it. There was just wonder in every aspect of Jesus Christ and what he came to do. Matthew 1, verse 21, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call, call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. What an amazing thing that God came to us in our sinful states to save, to save us from our sins. That's wonderful. You know, Jesus Christ in his birth, he was wonderful. In his life that he lived here, he was wonderful. In what he did was wonderful. Um, in his words that he spoke were wonderful. In his death, it was wonderful. In his resurrection, it was wonderful. You know, in his ascension to heaven, it is wonderful. In his intercession before us, even now, he is wonderful. And listen, and when he comes again, it will be wonderful. And he shall be called wonderful. Second, we see counselor. He shall be called counselor. He is the counselor. You know, he is the one who gives wisdom. You know, how are you supposed to live your life? You know, how are you supposed to do things? What should we follow? And we find the wisdom in the word of God. 
You know, what are we supposed to do? It's all wrapped up in the wisdom of Jesus Christ that we find in the Word. Colossians 2, verse 3, it says, In whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. We can come unto him, as it says in Matthew 11, verse 28, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He's our counselor. He, he's wonderful. He's counselor. We can come to him. You know, in John chapter 3, I thought about this when I was thinking about the idea of coming to Jesus. In John chapter 3, even Nicodemus, who was a Pharisee, who they, they, most of them rejected Jesus Christ and rejected who he was as God. But even he knew, I can come to Jesus. And he went to them, him and spoke of him. He was the counselor. Even as a young child in the temple, he spoke and people listened. He is the counselor. And then we see the mighty God, the mighty God. You know, we serve a mighty God. Jesus Christ is a mighty God. Matthew 28, verse 18, it says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Listen, Jesus is the one who made everything we see. He made the world. And he is the mighty God who created everything. As we read in Genesis 1, verse 27, it says, Let us make man in our image. He was there at the beginning. He was there before the beginning. And he will be there forever. He is the mighty God. John 1, verse 3, we spoke again another passage in the New Testament speaking about Jesus always being there. It says, All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. He made everything. Psalm 147.4, He telleth the number of the stars, He calleth them by all their names. And what an amazing thing that is. This baby that was born in a lowly manger is the mighty God. And then we see the everlasting Father. The everlasting Father. And we say, well, what? He's describing a baby here. How is He the everlasting Father? But as we mentioned, He's the one who is equal to God. He is God. He's the one who can say, I and my Father are one. John 10.30. He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. John 14.9. Listen, He is the everlasting Father and He always has been and always will be. You know, He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The everlasting Father. And then we see the Prince of Peace. The Prince of of peace. You know, we hear often about peace. And you know what? The world is looking for peace. But the fact is, there's no peace on earth. Not, not yet, anyways. There will, there will be peace when Jesus Christ comes again. But let me tell you something. There is peace for the individual. There's peace for each and every uh, person that comes to Christ. You know, he brings peace with God. When we're saved, we're, there's peace with God. He brings peace to our souls within us. He, he gives peace amid the storms of life and all that we go through. You know, there's peace when we follow him, when we live for him. You know, we can have peace when we fellowship with God. You know, we can have the peace of living a righteous life. We can have the peace of self-control found in Jesus Christ when we struggle with things in our life. We can have the peace of having forgiveness 
When we do wrong, we find forgiveness in him. There's so many ways that we find peace through Jesus Christ in our life. And if you are watching today and you don't know the Lord and you're just looking for peace, there is peace in Jesus Christ. He is the Prince of Peace. So here's this Messiah, this this baby that Isaiah is prophesying about. And we see that Jesus, he came to the earth in the form of man. He brought hope to us, hope to sinful man. But we also have the hope of him returning one day. John 14, verse 1 to 3, it says, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. So we we have the hope of Jesus Christ returning one day. Listen, there is hope found found in Jesus Christ. You know, we receive salvation from him. You know, if you're watching today and you don't know that Jesus Christ is your Savior, he's not the king of your life, you don't know if heaven is your home, you can find salvation in him. Your sins can be forgiven and covered in the blood of Jesus Christ. You can know him and be saved today. We have the hope of salvation. We, we have hope of, of having peace as individuals. And we, we have the hope of having a purpose in life. I know many people, there's, there's a struggle of, what is my life? What does my life mean? When we have Jesus Christ, we have that hope of, of, of a purpose, of living for him and looking to his return. But listen, with this all being said, and seeing how people received him as a child, not all look to Jesus Christ. Not all go to him for help, uh, for hope. You know, not all welcomed his coming when he came as a baby. There were those who rejected him. Those there were um, the 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 religious leaders of the day that didn't even go to see him. There was Herod that was out to 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 kill him. There, his own people didn't receive him. Not all welcomed his coming. And listen, today, not all welcome his return either. In John 1, uh, we read a couple of the verses, but in John 1, verse 4, it says, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. That basically means they didn't receive him. They didn't even understand uh, uh, Jesus Christ. And you know what? During this, this season that we're in, this Christmas season, it's not hard to see Christ around us. We see it uh, in uh, people's houses and they see manger scenes and we, we hear more about Jesus Christ. And Christ is, uh, we see him more around at Christmas time, but yet still people don't understand. There are many people who, to, uh, they know the story of Jesus Christ and they, 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 maybe they have a manger scene set up because it looks nice part of Christmas, but they don't understand and people don't want to receive him. The hope that they're seeking, they don't want it from Christ. But listen, you cannot be uh, hope cannot be found anywhere else today. You know, Jesus came the first time to redeem us, but the second time He's coming to rule and reign over us. And you know, just as we see prophesied here in Isaiah, He's going to return again one day, but to reign over us. 
So let me encourage you today. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, don't wait. Don't put it off. If you'd like to, have the, the, to find out more so we can help you, you know, reach out to us, contact us, send us a message, and we can uh, help you understand from the Word of God how you can be saved today. But, believer, maybe you're, you're uh, listening today. Let me encourage you during this season. I know it's so easy to get wrapped up in uh, the traditions and uh, seeing family and gifts and things like that. Keep Jesus Christ at the forefront of Christmas this year. Remember him. Take time to read throughout the scriptures. Take time to remember what this actually means, that God humbled himself. He came as a human for us and still remained God to pay the price, to bring us hope, to bring us peace in our life. And I hope that today you continue to look to him and you continue to await his return. But until then, allow him to reign and rule in your life today. Let's pray this morning. Our dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we're so thankful that you came to earth to die for us, that you came in the form of man to benefit us, that you came as a child and uh, you came in the form of man so that you can live a sinless life to die on the cross to pay the price for our sins. And Lord, I pray if there's one here today watching, Lord, that you'd speak to their hearts, Lord, that they realize that there's hope and salvation found in Christ, Lord. And I pray if there's a believer watching today, Lord, that they'd be more zealous than ever, Lord, to share the hope that is found in Jesus Christ, the peace that is found within you, and that our eyes would be focused on you and fixed upon you during this season, Lord, and that we would just allow you to reign and rule in our life as the King you are. And we pray these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen.